We're getting the band back together. Jody Biasi, Mike DiStefano, coming up here on the Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Sabres. Oh, I did it right off the top. What do you want to do? You want to start over? Or should we just power through? What do you power think? Through power, power through it. Power right through it. You know, we were just talking about editing and whatnot and like how we always record these in one straight shot. And then I did that right off the top that made us have that decision. It's the Lockdown what? NHL podcast. It's been a while since you've had to say that. <laughs> like for those who are yeah. like listeners of the pod. Joe and I like started day one, mm. locked on NHL flagship, what, uh, Eastern Conference edition. And it's been yeah. what, two years since, since like the days where on a Ooh. weekly basis we were chatting and you were, you know, in the flow of saying locked on NHL every has, week. Has it been wow. that long? Has it been like the COVID seasons, we think? Yeah, like I've been through like three other co hosts since you started. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been a while here, pal, but good well, to have you back on the, yeah. on the show. Yeah, good to see you, buddy. Uh, everything's been well. We stay in touch uh, here and there, and we talk on each other's shows and whatnot. Uh, I, I love doing Leafs lunch every once in a while on your radio show. Love, I love talking hockey. Can't can't get enough of it. And I'm ready to go here on this trade deadline preview edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. They picked a pretty good week for us to get back together. It's, it's a pretty easy time to to fill some to fill some show. Yeah, is it a preview or a recap? It feels more like it's a recap show than a preview, man. Like the way yep. that things have gone down in the last seventy-two hours, it's it's absolutely insane the amount of action that we've seen. I think uh, there were forty transactions, meant like roster movement transactions between like people yep. and guys getting recalled and traded. Forty transactions were made yesterday alone on Tuesday, um, and that's to go along with a busy day on Monday. And a really busy day on Sunday. The last 72 hours nearing up to Friday's NHL trade deadline has been wild, to say the least. I count 10 trades. You mentioned 40 transaction transactions. I count 10 trades that happened uh, on Tuesday. Now, you know, a lot of those little ones, those AHL-type deals that you'll never, you never even heard of the guy, but... There were some big ones, too, and we'll talk about the bigger ones coming up here on the show. Reminder uh, that we are brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more with FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So we'll go through it all, the trades from yesterday. We'll get into the Jacob Chickering sweepstakes a little bit later on. That pertains to the team I cover, the Buffalo Sabres. Um, so I'm very much in the weeds on Chickering and all that's going on there. So a lot of interesting stuff to come, but you kind of said it. We'll have Chickering to talk about a little bit later on, but how, how, 90% of the big names have already been dealt. Dude, like I, I keep looking at this TSN trade bait board that we have here at work and, and it's getting updated hourly, literally hourly. Like you look at what it looked like on Saturday when I went to bed, you had, you know, Patrick Kane was still on there. Timo Meyer was still on there. Ivan Barbashev, Gavrikov, mm-hmm. Luke Shen, like all of these names still on the board and you fast forward to right now, currently not the case. I mean, Chickren's still there. As we noted, he's still there, but now it's down to like JVR and, and maybe Kevin Hayes, Joel Edmondson is considered 
a top five guy on some of these boards. We're throwing yeah. draft picks in here, and it's it's insane what we've seen, the amount of movement um, that's gone on over the course of the last 72 hours, which, dude, like, I, I, I'm curious what you think has spurred all of this because all year, all we kept hearing from whatever insider was reporting was there's such a log jam. The cap has jammed everybody up. There's no space to make trades and make deals. Where the hell is everyone getting this cap space from? Where all of a sudden now everyone's able to make trades and find money to 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 make these deals. You know where they're getting all the cap space from? They're basically borrowing it from Arizona. I I keep calling the Coyotes the uh, the NHL's Cayman Islands. You have money. You have money. You want to hide? Send it over to us. We'll take it. Uh, and that happened as recently as yesterday with the with the Patrick Kane trade. There's the Coyotes sitting over there all the time. By the way, they just have the market cornered on those types of deals. We're over here in Buffalo with $17 million in cap space, and no one wants to call us to give us a third-round pick to take $2 million, but I'm not even – I'm only half kidding, by the way, when I make that point that there are teams that are willing to take on salary, and there are creative ways now that teams are figuring out to get around the cap to an extent where – I'm sure you've talked about it – the the memo that the league sent around where t- don't circumvent the cap, don't acquire players on long-term IR, like Gustav Nyquist, who actually did get traded to the Wild, and just stash him for the playoffs if you don't have an intention of him fitting under your cap. Teams have gotten creative. And my thought on that, honestly, I think it's a couple of different things. But most notably, it's led by a couple teams in the East. And I'm not even saying this as a criticism. I kind of appreciate the the amount these teams are going for it. But six, the top six teams in the NHL right now are all in the East, right? Right? Vegas is seventh if you just go to the league standings. So right now... You've got six teams that all probably feel like, hey, we legitimately can win the Stanley Cup. Even the Devils, I would include in that. They traded for Timo Meyer, so they should feel like they could. For sure. I think the two teams that are leading the charge on this and have led the charge on this are Tampa Bay and Toronto. I think they have led the arms race. They have been the two teams that are most willing to get rid of draft capital to win right now. Tampa's GM, Julian Breesbaugh, going as far as like making a, a long you know, lengthy argument for why draft picks really don't matter to his team. And I think he's kind of right. And I think really what might just be happening is Toronto and Tampa are setting an example of these prospects probably aren't going to work out anyway. It's like a 10% chance. And if they do, it's going to take three years. So go all in, go for it. And I think a lot of teams are playing copycat. Yeah, 100%. I saw, uh, I, I want to give credit. I think it was Frank Saravalli who said on the daily Faceoff off uh, his show, I believe he said the number, if you are selected after the 24th overall pick in the NHL draft, the odds of that player playing in 100 games in the NHL is 2.4%. 100 games. So that's like late first round. You're saying that that guy's probably not, probably not playing two seasons. Probably not going to play two seasons and not play, have any type of impact on your roster and go look at the teams who have dealt away those first round picks. It's Boston, it's Tampa, it's Jersey, it's New York. Like, those are the teams. Now you got L.A. who's, you know, kind of getting into the mix there. But those are the teams who probably going to pick after pick 24. Like, those are the teams who are going to pick after that mark. So they're sitting there thinking, well, we could add Timo Meyer. We could add, um, you know, Jake McCabe, Ryan O'Reilly, Tarasenko. Like, we could add these players, Dmitry Orlov and – give us more than a 2% chance of, of having success with that asset. Like right. I would think that those having 
those guys for this playoff run, knowing how well-built those teams are, is way more valuable than a 2% lottery ticket of having a guy who will play 100 games for you three-plus years from now. It's really smart GMing, and I think I applaud uh, Julian Breezebois for coming out and kind of saying it point blank, but when you look at what deals we've seen and the amount of first-round picks that are getting dealt – it's clear that this is this has become a learned thing around the NHL that these late first round picks, early picks, that's a different story. But these late first round picks aren't as valuable as maybe we once thought they were. Yeah, I'm looking right now at, at tankathon.com just to look at the current draft order by the standings and which picks have been traded. Here are the draft picks that have already been traded in the first round. And the number is by where that team is currently slotted. The 11th pick, if the season ended today, has been traded. The 14th pick, the 20th pick, 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th, and 32nd. Picks 23 through 28. That is LA, Dallas, New York, Tampa, Toronto, and New Jersey. Already been shipped away. That's pretty much that 24 number and backwards. You got that 2.4% chance of them being just a 100-game NHLer. Like, and that's not really much. Like, I'm pretty sure Dennis Mulgan has played over 200 NHL games. Like that's what you're looking at in, in, in a yep. late first round pick. Clearly it could be something special. Like let's, you know, it, it can hit. It's not yeah. like they don't hit, but again, it's a lottery ticket. It's like a one in 25 chance or one in 50 chance of that hitting. So instead of taking the, that, that 2% odds, you're instead just going all in, you're pushing the chips and you're saying, I have better odds of winning the Stanley cup with Ryan O'Reilly on my team if you're Kyle Dubas and you make that trade Orlov in there, like Tarasenko, you know, like that's, that's what I think is what the GMs have realized. And they've yep. certainly, uh, they've certainly shown that with the actions that they've taken in the last couple of weeks here. The only trade, honestly, I can criticize of any of those. Like I love the O'Reilly trade, the McCabe trade. I thought was fine. It was okay. Um, the Tanner Janot trade, but the only reason I would even say that Tampa, what, what are you doing again? I accept his argument about the draft pick capital but did you have to give up that many? Like you could have done something else with the second round pick. Couldn't you like, could, could you not have got him for a first third, fourth and fifth? Maybe not, but well, you know. I, I'm going to say like, and I know this sounds facetious, but like, obviously not. I'm sure there was haggle. I'm sure it wasn't. I we yeah. want to pick for every goal that he scored this year. And you better pay up. And Julian Breesbaugh said, yeah, sure. No problem. Here you go. Right, like I, yeah. obviously it did take that, and and it's it's a ballsy play. I mean, it, it, we're talking about a guy who literally scored five goals so far this season. Yeah. He gave up a first, a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth round pick. That's a lot of draft capital, and for a team that really does hit on their drafts and mid round picks, like now you're kind of giving those away for for future right. uh, future drafts potentially. But it's an all in move, and right. they just feel that this gives them a better chance to win now while their window is open, then what those picks will do for them three, four, five plus years from now. I do just wonder what that negotiation sounded like. Did, did the Nashville GM call and be like, Hey, we want your entire draft for it. And the breeze goes, goes, ah, I just take the sixth and seventh out and we're good. Just like, I, I would love to hear just what that negotiation. I remember hearing reports about the, uh, was it the JT Miller trade? I think the JT Miller deal in, um, Tampa Bay when he went from Tampa to Vancouver and people were a little weirded out by that because it was like a half cap dump by the lightning. Yeah. Yeah. And they gave up like top tier assets, a first and a third round pick. 
And it got leaked out that Tampa literally just said, we want a first and a third. And Jim Benning was like, okay, that seems fair for the player we're getting. And he just didn't haggle. He was like, okay, giving it up. And without really realizing like, hey, we could probably squeeze considering that it's also either you're helping them out and doing them a solid by taking on the contract. But no, there was no haggling there. So maybe Bruce Wall said the same thing. He was like, yeah, all right, sure. Yeah. Five picks. Let's do it. Bring Tanner Janot to Tampa. Jim Benning. I miss that guy. All right. Uh, we'll get into more. <laughs> we'll get into the more specific moves for that happened yesterday. The Patrick Kane trade, um, the Jonathan Quick trade, although it's really more the Corpusalo Gavrikov trade, uh, and a bunch more to get to, especially the Jacob Chikrin. What's to come? That's ahead here on the Locked On NHL podcast. Jody Biasi and Mike DiStefano. And we are brought to you by Indeed. If you are hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you are guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours of multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked on. Offer is valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash locked on to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jody Biasi and Mike DiStefano back here on the Locked On NHL podcast. I got it right that time, so I'm one for two so far. The NHL trade deadline is Friday, March 3rd. Join us live on the Locked On NHL YouTube channel from 2 to 4 p.m. as the Locked On NHL hosts break down the biggest deals from across the NHL. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, some trades from Tuesday to get to. Why don't we start with the Patrick Kane trade? Uh, One, why do you think the price was as low as it was, or do you think it was low at all? And two, um, how much do you think this ha- helps the Rangers, and would you consider them a legitimate Stanley Cup contender? Absolutely. To the second question, they're definitely Stanley Cup contenders. I mean, this is such a deep roster. I thought they were Cup contenders with the Tarasenko deal, and then they doubled down and bring in Showtime, who I don't know if you've watched the last two weeks, but that guy's a completely different player than yep. he's been you know, the, the four or five months prior to the season. Like, he he proved to everybody who was doubting him, and he was in Toronto a couple of weeks ago, and he did not play well. But since then, I think he's got, like, 12 points in, like, seven games since that night. Yes. And, uh, you know, he's throwing it in all of our faces, saying, ah, he looks a little washed. Yeah, not not so much. He's definitely still Patty Kane. And, and putting him on that roster, like, just really catapults that team. They were, they were, you know, one piece away and they brought in a second. So yeah, they're definitely contenders. They've got great depth uh, up front. They've got terrific defensemen. Assuming Ryan Lindgren does get healthy, that, that they have a solid, solid, you know, top four. Um, and then Igor Shosturkin's one of the best goaltenders in the world. So cup contenders, absolutely. As for the price, I didn't think that it was that uh, that low. I, I kind of figured it would be around that around that price because there still is question marks about Patrick Kane and the health and that hip. Like I know he's playing really well, but at the same time, I don't know if 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 the Rangers would have been able to make this deal if they were to have had to pay 
top tier pricing. You know what I mean? Like they'd already kind of given given away their first round pick for Tarasenko, and Patrick Kane was more of a luxury add. And I think ultimately it just came down to Patty Kane walking into Chicago's front office and saying, "Look, I, I want to be a Ranger, and can you just make it happen?" And you know they came up with what you can consider to be somewhat of a fair deal, um, all things considered. So I, I'm I'm definitely okay with the price on both yep. of them. Yeah, I do think actually that Chicago did pretty well, considering turned that... into a first round pick. Like I'm not, I wouldn't be shocked yeah. if the Rangers end up in the Eastern Conference Final and that turns into a first round pick. I could see that happening. And, you know, like when I would see mock trades earlier in the season, they were more expensive than what he ended up getting traded for, but they were bargaining with one team, yeah. right? Like Patrick Kane, like made it clear, I want to be a Ranger. And his list originally was only two teams. So it, it wasn't like there was this open bidding war that Chicago could maximize the price. So given that they were, again, bidding with – there was only one team bidding, um, I think they did fine. I think they did fine in this trade. They got what might be a first-round pick. Um, but either way, they let the player go to where he wanted to go. And considering all that he's done for that organization and all the winning he's done – you're at at this stage with Chicago. We just mentioned the value of draft picks. Are you, how much are you going to really haggle over, you know, different like 2% chance to get to get an NHL player to let the guy go where he wants to go? Yeah, it's a good point. And, and I honestly give credit to Chris Drury for even giving up that much. Because, again, like you mentioned, there was no bidding war. Like he could have – and right. Patrick Kane wanted to go to New York. It was going to happen. And essentially it, it's almost as if Chicago went to New York and was like, what are you comfortable giving us? And they just had to accept that. And that was the most that they could get. And 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 I actually think that New York gave up a, a decent, pretty penny. Like I said, it could turn into a first round pick if, uh, if, if they make it to the conference final, which I, I think is, you know, very possible, like extremely possible. It's a great team. Sure. How about the Kings and Blue Jackets trade? Vladislav Gavrikov and Jonas Corposalo go to LA. Jonathan Quick goes to Columbus Conditional first round pick and a third round pick. The first rounder will downgrade to two two second round picks if the Kings miss the playoffs this season. And they are in a spot right now. Uh, in fact, I can tell you exactly how much they are in a spot by. They're at seventy. They're actually tied for first in the division with uh with Vegas, and they are nine points clear of a spot. So they should be good. But they got the condition nonetheless. So I what's what's the thing to talk about here? Is it is maybe the most interesting part of this that quick is pretty PO'd that he had to go to Columbus. And actually I saw some reporting this morning that he might just never report and that they'll just flip him. Yeah, that's, that's definitely the the headline for me with this trade, like good on, good on LA for going out and, and getting Gavrikov. That's clearly a, a big addition to their defensive group and Corpus Salo at this point, maybe he's an upgrade on, on Jonathan quick for sure. So you know, I think L.A. got better, but ultimately the big story for sure, I think, is what happens with Johnny Quick now because he wasn't happy with the deal. And and I was kind of surprised to see that he actually didn't even have a no movement clause. Like he signed a 10 year deal 10 years ago and there was no no movement clause in it, no trade clause, like nothing. It was just completely clauseless, uh, which is weird considering that, you know, he was a franchise goaltender for them that led them to to two Stanley Cups. Uh, but anyways, I, I I am curious to see what happens with him. I, I had Chris Johnston on my show Leafs Lunch earlier today, and um, not that he was reporting this, but but he said a possibility is, you know, there could be some sort of um, contract termination that they could agree upon, which would allow him to go and sign with another team, like yeah. potentially 
some sort of uh, you know mutual termination of the contract. So that's one option if they can't flip him. But I think that would have to be done by tomorrow because yeah. he'll have to clear waivers, get his contract terminated by it would be 2 p.m. or yeah, it'll be 2 p.m. I guess he'll clear waivers, then have it terminated, then he'll have one hour to sign technically right. um, before 3 p.m. for him to be eligible to play on the on the playoffs. So. Those okay. are kind of the two options, but I would be surprised if Johnny Quick plays one game in a Columbus yeah. uniform. I, I don't think we'll ever see him not even not only playing in the jersey. I don't think we'll ever see him holding up the jersey. Not nothing. I I would guess. Um, I do like the trade for LA. The 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 advanced numbers like Corpusalo a lot this year. It's risky, right? Like he's been very up and down throughout his career. And I've actually, there was a good piece in the athletic recently about goalies moving at the deadline and how it very rarely uh, goes where the, the goalie gets the same production on his new team that he did on his old team. Dude, Ryan so, Miller is a prime example. And he went from Buffalo to St. Louis, right? That didn't sure. really work out for them. No, no, not you're right. Um, that being said, goal saved above expected this season of the 74 goalies that qualified Corpusalo ranks 18th. John the quick ranks 71st. So he's put a lot of minutes. He's not at a great year, save percentage-wise. And I, I would expect Corpusalo, even if he regresses, will be an upgrade for them in goal. And Gavrikov, that's really the meat of the sandwich here, isn't it? Like that's the guy they really wanted. He's more yeah. valuable. So yeah. I think it was so. a good like it was a good it was a good move for for LA. I think they upgraded the blue line, they upgraded in net. They've got a yeah. lot of really good talent up front. So, you know, in, in the West, uh, I know we're an Easter conference show, but like they're it's not as much a gauntlet as it is here out east. So, like, if you make one or two additions, that yeah. gives you a much better chance to to make it through and potentially go on a run than it would here in the Eastern Conference. And Columbus gets a better shot of finishing last. Try to up those Bedard odds a little bit. Get, yeah. they, they probably want John of the Quick in there, given what his seasons looked like. Uh, that's mean to John of the Quick. I don't need to do that. Um, anything else that piqued your interest the most from – from wow. Tuesday's trades, I mean, the Lars Eller trade, I don't know. There's nothing really that big there. I know no. your Leafs trading for Luke Shen is a little interesting. Well, I mean, the fact that they made three trades in two hours. Or, like, the Leafs were that. Right. very busy yesterday, and, like, which made, you know, our show Locked on Leafs. Like, we we dove into it deeply. You can go check that out on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, uh, myself and, and my co-host Dave Morissuti. But, obviously, those three deals kind of came, like, out of nowhere in a sense that I didn't think that they were going to happen then. Like I knew there was still more work to be done. Like there was still some cap clearing that had to be done in order for them to elevate Matt Murray from LTIR, which is fully expected in the next couple of days. Um, he was eligible today, I believe. We'll see what ends up happening. Maybe tomorrow it's back-to-back, so you might get the start and elevate him then. But they needed to clear about a million bucks in, in cap space. So they traded away Rasmus Sandin, who's uh, 22, going to be 23-year-old defenseman, literally a week today, actually. March 7th is his birthday. Uh, mm-hmm. So he'll be 23 years old and, and still has top four upside. But he's a guy where once they acquired Jake McCabe, was on the outside looking in, and they weren't 100% sold that he could be relied upon come playoff time, just based on the way that that team is currently constructed. It's just not for them. So Washington, a team that looks at him and says, hey, there's still upside here. He could be a top four player for us. We need a puck-moving defenseman. They're willing to put a first-round pick on the table to go out and get that. And Toronto said, thank you very much. I think it's very shrewd GMing for uh, Kyle Dubas to not let that asset depreciate because Rasmus Sandin wasn't going to play a lot of hockey from here on out. And if you're not playing any hockey, a good chance if you're trying to move him in the summer, 
you're not getting a first round pick for that because he clearly wasn't good enough to be on your team. Teams will think we'll definitely sour on him. We've seen that time and time again in every organization, like in Toronto, I think about Travis Dermott as a guy who always had that top four potential, but eventually that, that asset depreciated. And then ultimately they only received a third round pick for them when they eventually traded him after he was a guy who was, you know, a, a six, seventh defenseman. So they didn't let that happen to, to Rasmus Sandin. And I, so I applaud Kyle Dubas for doing that. And then he came back, he moves out Pierre Engvall, which is an extremely polarizing player here in Toronto. Oh. Terrific underlying numbers. The results are very, uh, they don't necessarily match that. And he's a player who, when you look at the makeup, six foot four, 215 pounds, uh, he plays like he's five foot six, 128 pounds. That's the biggest issue that Leaf fans have always had with Pierre Engvall. And when this team's looking to change the identity, especially in that bottom six, he just didn't fit that anymore. So they move on from him and they bring back Luke Shen, another guy who, a lot of Leaf fans were circling as a meat and potatoes ad on that blue line. Again, trying to change the identity yep. and become tougher to play against. And that's exactly what Luke Shen could do. So all in all, like I like all three of the deals that Kyle Dubas made. And, and ultimately, uh, it didn't cost a whole lot. Like Shen for Engvall is essentially a, a one-for-one swap because you got a third-round pick for Engvall. You trade a third-round pick for Shen. And then you recouped a first-round pick for Rasmus Sandin, someone who's going to be your seventh defenseman come playoff time and all of a sudden now you look and and you like the makeup of the group in Toronto but that's six new players on this roster six new players in the span of 11 days that's that's going to be very interesting to see how Sheldon Keith puts his line of cards together and make sure that these guys find that chemistry in the remaining 20 games before game one of 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 the uh, series, which is probably going to be against the Tampa Bay Lightning come April. Do they trade another first-round pick before the deadline, or is there no way they could fit that cap-wise? Well, they could. They could. I, I don't know who that player is for. I think yeah. the only other thing that a lot of Leaf fans somewhat anticipate is maybe a, a goalie move, but I don't think there's a right. goaltender out there that require a first-round pick to, to, sure. to make it work. So I, I don't think that they'll – move that first i could be wrong like there's ways that they could create up to three million dollars in cap space if they added justin hall into the deal and then they have an additional i think it's like nine hundred twenty thousand once they activate murray so if you add hall's money into that a defenseman um who's right now probably their seventh defenseman maybe their sixth guy he uh that could create up to three million dollars and if you can find a player and, and and maybe even someone who makes more than that get a team to eat some salary Sure, I think that first-round pick would be on the table. I just – when I'm looking at the trade bait board, there's not many guys out there that are no longer worthy of a first-round pick unless you get in the Chikrin sweepstakes, which I suppose mm. could be possible. Like, mm. they could make it work. I don't think that it happens. Um, so I think they probably keep that first-rounder. But, I mean, either way, I think you look at the team, the way it's been constructed, the additions that they've made – I think Kyle Dubas has to be pretty happy. Maybe they had a goalie for a cheap price, but yeah. outside of that, I think uh, I think Lee fans are pretty happy with the way that this trade deadline has gone for them. Speaking of goalie moves, while we've been talking, this is not a trade that's happened yet, but David Peñota from the fourth period says there's serious discussion between Columbus and Vegas about Jonathan Quick. You know what? So, if, 
if Vegas trades for Jonathan Quick, I know we're at Eastern Conference show here, but if Vegas trades for Jonathan Quick, I'm going to have to start saying the thing I say about the NFL all the time, that the salary cap doesn't actually exist. Because how the hell are they going to fit that cap hit on their books? Well, Mark Stone's on LTIR for the rest of the year. Like, they have cap space. Right. Right? Like, that's the – and I assume they'll eat they'll eat money, right, on yeah. that deal. And it's probably the way that it'll work. But they have this, the, the space to get it done. It's funny – that uh, that that report's coming out. I was I was having a discussion, as I mentioned, with Chris Johnson earlier when he mentioned the buyout, and I was like, "Ooh, maybe Toronto could get involved." And he stopped me in my tracks and said, "Yeah, Vegas is in need of a goalie too. I wonder if he was picked <laughs> up. That there might be kind uh-huh. of something there too." Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll take a timeout here, and when we come back, we will talk Jacob. Chikrin, the big whale that's still on the market, and other things that we think could happen uh, by Friday's trade deadline. So that now, is coming up now, here. The now the stage. preview starts. That was the now, recap. Now the preview. That was the recap. This is the uh, the preview coming up. But first, uh, Mike's got a word for FanDuel Sportsbook. Yeah, it's the midway point of the NHL season. It's here. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's North America's number one sports book because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet does not win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, goal scores as well. They've got shop props. You can find it all at FanDuel+. Plus. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger payout with same game parlays so don't miss out on the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the locked on nhl network Welcome back to the Lockdown NHL Podcast. Joe DiBiase, Mike DiStefano. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Sneaky Joe Sports. Mike is at Mickey underscore Canuck. We have got Jacob Chikrin still on the trade market. So a lot to get to here. I think where I want to start with you on Chikrin, before we even get to potential suitors, and this could spin off into that, doesn't Arizona have to trade him? Like, can you see a situation where they don't because my immediate thought is, well, he's got a 10 team, no trade list, uh, no trade clause that kicks in in the summer. And I don't know. He clearly wants to be traded. It might get ugly if they don't trade him before the deadline. Uh, Yeah. I mean, obviously you'd like to be able to have all 32 teams bidding on him as opposed to only 22. Once that no trade clause kind of kicks in. So you would think there's a little bit of added pressure to make that deal. But at the same time, like they seem to, they seem to really have a massive value on this guy, and and no one's yeah. willing to meet it. And I do wonder, like they've been, they've come so far. Like, are they going to be stubborn enough where they go through till the end of the deadline? If no one meets their price, are they going to hold on to him and then play him out the rest of the year and then see what they can do in the summer or see if they can trade him at the draft? Because that'll kick in what July one. Probably that that yes, uh, I'd assume so. So maybe at the draft, you still have an opportunity to to deal with thirty two other teams, like and maybe yeah. because you're you're there, people know exactly where your picks are slotted. You can figure out you know who's on the board. Like sometimes we see stuff wait until the draft with guys with terms. So potentially there could be uh, there could be a situation where where that does happen. I'm I'm not a hundred percent that Jake Chikrin is is no longer a Coyote by. At the end of the week, I, I think that there is probably like a good 25% chance that he remains on that team. And it's something we see go down in the summer. 
It'll be the longest guy, longest amount of time on the trade market in in league history. This guy's yeah. been out there for like 15 months already. We've been talking about it. Um, honestly, we 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 might have done a show together, but while in the last uh, time that he's been on the uh, on the market, um, the most recent uh, report or I guess tweet about his destinations came from Darren Dreger on Wednesday morning, and he tweeted, "Quote." Teams are poised, hoping for a price drop on Chikrin. Buffalo is staying close. Columbus has some collateral after the trade with the Kings, and they're interested. Ottawa's always willing to listen, and the Sens are on a roll. But will there be a price drop? So I guess with Boston seemingly out, right, they traded for Orlov. The Leafs, it probably would be tough for them. Maybe I shouldn't completely rule them out, but it would feel like it'd be tough. The Kings just made their Gavrikov trade after, you know, um, they – we all thought they were going to be the team to get him a couple weeks ago. I guess, would you bet on one of those teams, Dreger List being the one he ends up with, the the, the Sabres, the Blue Jackets um, in Ottawa? I would think so. Like, And and, and I, ugh, the Blue Jackets would be a, a wild deal there, obviously. I, I don't – Yeah. Like, that's a team for me that would be kind of a strange one. Like, could you imagine if you're Jacob Chikrin having to go from Arizona <laughs> to Columbus, like – from one right. fire to the other, that would be just awful. Um, the two teams that I like, though, as as you know, potential landing spots is Buffalo, the team that you cover on a daily basis. So we can get into that in a second. And then Ottawa, like they've needed a, a defenseman forever. They've been in on these Chikrin sweepstakes literally since day one when he asked for the trade last year at the beginning of the season. Um, but again, neither team wants to pay the price. But I think he would be great additions to, to both squads who. For all intents and purposes, are going to be buyers at the deadline, I think, and especially if they can buy players with term who can be part of their future, not only for this year and upcoming years when they're an up and coming team. Yeah, the the I should also mention Pittsburgh. Although I haven't heard them talked about in about a week, but Rob Rossi from the uh, the Athletic wrote last week that their head coach Mike Sullivan wants them to trade for Chikrin, but Ron Hextall is completely balking at the Coyotes demands. I actually think Rossi had in there what they're looking for. I think it's very smart of Arizona. They want Pittsburgh's 2025 and 26 first round picks. They want to skip two years and go to when they think Malkin and Latang are going to be gone and Crosby's going to be 37. And maybe they're betting on Pittsburgh getting bad by that point. So those picks are going to be really high. And Pittsburgh, I think rightfully so is saying, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that because we're not trading you lottery picks. You know, we'll, we'll give you these late, first round picks in the next two years He's so like, how, how bad does arizona plan on being over the next few years where they like, will still take picks <laughs> four years and four years down the road for sure it's it's their nhl cayman islands i'm telling you um but i from my perspective covering the team here in buffalo we're talking about him almost every day he fits i think like ottawa in many ways here he fits the timeline right he's 24 years old the sabers are the youngest team in hockey um they have all the cap space in the world, so they don't care about the $4.3 million and taken on as a whole. Um, they also are very top-heavy on the blue line. Power's been dynamite as a rookie. Darlene's a Norris candidate. And Matias Samuelson's been very, very solid. Past that, it gets thin, and it gets thin quick. So they don't. Re- they need another top-four defenseman. I think Chikrin's better than just a top-four defenseman, which I think is why it makes, sound, makes it sound so appealing. But I imagine Ottawa's coming up from a very similar perspective of, hey, we're trying to get good here. Like, we don't we don't even need to hit the fast-forward button. Let's just hit the forward button, and let's go from bubble team to let's be a playoff team, especially with a guy that's not in his 30s or anything. So 
I might want to bet on one of those two teams doing it because the timing just feels perfect for both the Senators and the Sabres. Um, you mentioned Columbus, like poor Jacob Chikorin, if you got to go to Columbus. Listen, I think it's an easier sales pitch to say, hey, you could win more in Buffalo and Ottawa than you did in Arizona, but it's not like it's not like they're the, the models of winning in the last decade. No, but all of a sudden, Columbus does have an extra first-round pick on their hands, right? right? That they now do uh, that they they have acquired with the Corpusalo and Gabrikov deals, so maybe they they have like the assets to to make that trade. But I would I would not want to see it. Like that'd be just a wasted a wasted opportunity. Like yeah. I see Buffalo as the probably most ideal. Like again, Buffalo and, and Ottawa are probably very similar. But like they've got the cap space, they've got the picks, they've got the prospects, and they've got the need. Yeah. Make it happen. Like I think yeah. Kevin Adams, there's a lot of credit for the way that he's built that team from the mess that they were in. And, and there's no one who knows that more than you do, sir. Uh, but yep. the mess that they've been in, in the last, when's the last time they made the playoffs? 2010. Uh, that would be 2010, 11. Yes. Yeah. So it's been more than a decade since uh, Buffalonians have experienced playoff hockey. You're finally on the cusp of it. Oh. I'll Go pull out, you. I'll pull out my, uh, my go-to, my go-to way to, to emphasize how long it's been since they made the playoffs. Uh, Mike Madonna has played an NHL playoff game more recently than the Buffalo Sabres have. That's the best way to put it into perspective. Um, Adams, yeah, I actually, I talked to him on Lockdown Sabres yesterday, which by the way, if you want to check it out, that's available uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast. We did a good interview. And I think the one thing we're just wondering on him because he's done well drafting so far. He's done well with trades. Um, he's done well with roster building. Like he's he's kind of done a good job at starting to build it back up. The one thing you don't know about him yet, and he really hasn't been in the situation too, so it's just an unknown, can he close? On a big deal like this, when you're the team acquiring and you've got to be the one that is outbidding everybody else, can you close on that deal? Um, and we'll see. I'm confident, but you can't really know until the guy actually does it. So so you'd bet against Chikrin playing in the playoffs, right? Wouldn't that be – if I were setting a line on him being in the playoffs, wouldn't it be minus money that he isn't? Yeah, probably right. Like, yeah, I mean, if we're talking those three teams, like the odds, say the centers are... have a chance, but it's not, it's not, you know, it's not near a hundred. Right. Um, so I would say both of those teams are probably minus money or plus money to make the playoffs. Yeah. So I would say there's a good chance that he's not in the postseason, And uh, if I guess Pittsburgh would be the one team that like makes sense as, as who's out there. Yeah. Um, the other yeah, team, right. maybe not Jacob Chikrin, but the other team I'm waiting on to make a move in the Eastern Conference is the Carolina Hurricanes. Yes. Like, I, I don't think Chikrin's the need. Like, they've got a really good blue line. But, like, you look at what Toronto's done, Jersey, the Rangers, um, Tampa, Boston. Like, all these teams have gone out and they've made sizable additions to your group. Yessi Puliarvi doesn't necessarily scream uh, – all in like those other guys do. So I, I think that Carolina is a team in the weeds here in the next 48 hours. They still have a move up their sleeve and, and they've got something to do to compete here with the rest of this uh, conference that has gotten a whole lot better the last two weeks. Their first round pick is listed at number four on the TSN trade bait list. Um, is there a guy you like more than others for them? I, I feel like JVR just kind of, maybe it's because of, Pacioretty and Stastny like for some reason I could just see JVR in that Carolina uniform same team different player different okay. need, Kevin Hayes oh I like that you yeah. get them you get them a center in behind Ajo like you get them a true number two 
centerman who's got some size who can play in the playoffs. He's got some bite who can score. Um, he's, he's an all-star this year, as we all very well know. Uh, that, that's a guy. He makes a little bit of money. I think he's making over seven sheets and long-term, so I doubt Philly's going to retain on that, maybe a little bit. And we know how Dundon's not big on uh, paying people a whole lot of cash. Yeah. But if if they want to go all in like these other teams, that kind of would be the piece that I circle for Carolina as, as uh, a, a, you know, an actual yeah. player of substance that they can still go out and get there that would, you know, match what the rest of the teams have done and put them back into that conversation. All right, buddy. Anything we missed that you think we should uh, we should mention here before we get out of here? God, I don't know, man. We hit on a lot. Like it's Dylan pretty- Lark, Dylan Larkin, eight point seven million. It seems pretty fair, doesn't it? Yeah, that seems about what I expected him to sign. And um, I felt like they had to do it too. They couldn't. They couldn't let him get to UFA. No, he's your captain. Like that yeah. was that was happening. And and it's like similar, just a, a bit more than what Bo Horvat got paid. Yep. So. Right. That makes uh, that makes sense. Apparently, Tyler Bertuzzi might be back out on the on the trade block, though, which I actually yes. really commend. And, all right, so this is the last last little thing we could talk about here. All right, we talk about how much we appreciate these other top teams in the East going going head over heels and going all in. I commend Steve Eiserman for realizing that they ain't doing squat this year. <laughs> they ain't gonna do yeah. nothing. Even if they limp into the playoffs and they get that wild card spot and they have to play Boston around one, waste yeah. of eight days. Four games, gone. Waste of eight days. Why let a guy like Tyler Bertuzzi walk in free agency? Get a pick back for him. Get an asset back for him and build yeah. your team that you expect to be competitive, not this year, but two, three years down the road. So I credit Stevie Y for um, coming out and, and pretty much saying, okay, maybe we will take a step back because there's no point and getting dummied in round one and, you know, keeping own rentals, let's go and get picks and assets that we can be better equipped two, three years down the road when our young guys are, are ready to be, you know, in, in that conversation of the big yep. team right now. And their playoff odds since this three-game losing streak began have plummeted to 2.8% uh, yep. at the site I'm looking at. So they're very, very unlikely to make it. It's busy in the Eastern playoff race. All right, bud. It's great catching up with you. I'm talking hockey. Went well. You still, uh, you still a Jays fan? Uh, you know, maybe I might get back into it a little bit. I'm definitely more a Jays fan than any other team. I'm just not. Just can't baseball. I just can't do it. I can't get into it. I got. To, I got to cut something. I'm into too many sports. America's I cut past. Something out. America's past. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the pitch clock. I'm. In, I'm kind of into the pitch clock though, but Dude. only. Only for the chaos. I I just want to see the world burn and see the World Series end on a on a on a pitch clock violation. Early that's that what I want. Real early returns <laughs> though. Early returns like they've shaved off about twenty minutes a game with this yeah. new rule. So yeah, for a guy who uh, you know a lot, I had to do a lot of updates. You know, in my in my tenure here, yes. uh, working at TSN and doing sports updates and having to stay till the end of the the Jays games, which typically should be done around nine thirty for a seven o'clock start. Yeah, often go into ten thirty for a oh. regu- regular game that goes nine innings. You're looking at four hours, like three and a half, four hours, and it's like, kill yeah. me now. So, um, you know, it's nice to see that. Uh, well, the the MLB noticed a problem and they're dealing with it. There are many problems in the NHL. Clearly, that maybe yep. at some points could be dealt with. But one thing that hasn't been a problem that we thought would be 
is the amount of movement in the trade uh, in the trade market. Yes. And honestly, kudos to teams for figuring out how to finally open up cap space and yes. get some deals done because it's been a hell of a two weeks in the hockey market. It's more reminiscent to the NBA trade deadline than I think we've ever seen before. And that's what we were clamoring about a month ago. And we saw Kevin Durant get moved. We saw, you know, Kyrie get moved and all this stuff. And we're like, why can't the NHL give us that? They've done that. They have. Yeah. I'll give them credit for it, man. There's been a lot of stars and superstar talents that have been dealt uh, this this deadline. So, and there's still two more days to go and still some, some other names and, and dominoes to fall. I was going to say, maybe save it for deadline day next week if I'm being nitpicky. Deadline day next year. But otherwise, we'll take it. We'll take it whenever we can get it. So, Definitely true with all the movement. All right, we'll continue to preview the trade deadline and recap the trade deadline as we progress here on the Lockdown NHL Podcast. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen today. Mike, be well, buddy, and uh, we'll talk soon. And now, go make your second listen. Game to game. Every moment, every performance, every result. Lockdown Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Lockdown can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Lockdown NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.